Grace and truth are a lot more effective because grace is what makes us open to truth in the first place. So before we point our fingers at someone, let's put ourselves under the microscope, under the microscope of God's word, under the microscope of God's teaching. Let's listen before lecturing. I was first learning how to play guitar, um, I had a really difficult time. And it was because my fingers would get really tender and sore. Uh, the first day wasn't too bad. I'd get the chords down and I'd press right. But then the second day and the third day and the fourth day, my fingers would start to split open and they'd become really tender. And sometimes they'd, they'd even bleed. And I was told over and over again that you just got to power through it. You got to fight through it so that you develop calluses on the ends of your fingertips so that then when you press things, it doesn't hurt as much. But it was really difficult to get through at the time. It seemed like the calluses would never come. And so uh, a friend of mine, a friend of the family actually made a pretty ridiculous suggestion. He said, well, there is a faster way to get calluses. And I thought, fantastic, I'll do whatever. I was, you know, a preteen, so I probably would have done whatever. And he said, all you need to do is burn your fingertips with a lighter. And then once the blisters go away, you'll have calluses. Now, I obviously didn't take his advice, but what he was saying was, and I realized this when I got older, was that there's no, if there's no pain, there's no gain. No pain, no gain, right? You've heard that saying before. Most of the time it's in uh, the idea of going to the gym, getting in shape, building muscle, that sort of thing. But there's no pain, no, if there's no pain, no gain. Like, you're gonna have to fight through it. There's going to be discomfort if you're going to want to try something new. And that's the challenge of trying something new, isn't it? The challenge of trying something new is the fact that it's painful when we start to try these new things. And all you think about is that pain. All I thought about when I was learning to play guitar was my fingers hurt. My fingers are just bleeding a little bit. My fingers are split open. They're tender. They're sore. And no matter what we try to do when we're trying to learn something new, that's always true when we're starting out. All we focus on is the weakness and all we focus on is the struggle. And it feels like, it can feel like, it's not always true, but it can feel like that's what other people see. That's what other people notice is that they see the weakness as we're trying to start something new and they see the struggle. And we feel like, well, I'm gonna give up. I'm, I'm gonna stop. So how do we overcome that? As we look to be a friend of sinners, like Jesus was a friend of sinners, in order to call people who are far from God, home to God, how do we do that? How do we fight through that moment, that fight through that, that initial trying to start something new, perhaps, that is painful, that, well, it feels like it's a weakness. It feels like it's a struggle and we just want to give up. 
Last week, we actually introduced one way that we can begin to be a friend of sinners like Jesus was, and that was listen before lecturing. And if you took some time this week, if you had some time to start to listen before wanting to to teach others, wanting to give people truth, if you started to listen with grace before you taught them the truth, and well, you know what that pain is like. It was a struggle. It is difficult to be a friend of sinners. My point is this. my, my, My guess is that you probably felt uncomfortable. Just like when I was learning to play guitar when I was a preteen and then, you know, kind of stopped through my high school years and picked it up again in college, that struggle was still there, that pain, that weakness. You might have felt that same level of discomfort in trying to be a friend of sinners. You know, when we're faced with uncomfortable situations, It's our natural inclination to try to reduce the tension, reduce that discomfort by finding relief, by finding discomfort. I was tempted to quit uh, playing guitar. (laughs) When my muscles are sore, when I have, you know, maybe a sore neck or a sore shoulder in the morning, when I wake up in the morning, maybe I slept wrong or maybe you slept wrong and you have a sore neck and a sore shoulder and the first thing you think of is, I just need to relieve that tension. I need to release that pain. And so you go and you grab the ibuprofen or some painkillers from uh, the medicine cabinet and you take one or two and head off on your day because you just want to release that pain. So what do we do when we face the challenge of perhaps being a friend of sinners in a new way? Well, Jesus has some tips for us on how to do that uh, that may seem a little counterintuitive, but it has to do with the same thing that I was told by my friend many, many years ago by our family friend who said, no pain, no gain. Let me show you what I mean. If you have a Bible with you, turn with me to Luke chapter 5, and let's take a look at a, a story that we probably know really, really well about some old wineskins. You see, Jesus had just started this amazing ministry. He had just healed a paralytic man, not only healed the man, but had declared his sins were forgiven and proved that his sins were forgiven by healing him of his lifelong paralysis. It was an amazing start to ministry. And then Jesus does something strange. We read in verse 27 that after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. And then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And that's what we talked about in the very first week of Friend of Sinners. The very first week we introduced this topic was that this was something that the religious leaders of Jesus's day often were critical of Jesus hanging out with the wrong kinds of people. But now we see why. 
We understand that from the story of the prodigal son and the, the two lost sons. But now we see another metaphor that it's the it's not healthy people who need a doctor. It's sick people. And so Jesus goes to the sick people. And what's amazing here is that the Pharisees don't seem to question that. They actually come in the very next verse and say, so what's the best way? Take a look at verse 33. I said to him, John's disciples, John the Baptist, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. In other words, the Pharisees wanted people to come back to God. They wanted people to have a, to have a close connection to God. They wanted people to be holy, but they tried to get people to be holy before God in a different way that Jesus was. They did the same thing that John the Baptist did, which isn't quite fully true, but uh, they, John the Baptist also had a baptism of repentance and the Pharisees were primarily calling people to rigid adherence to the law and all of the different variations of the laws that they had developed over the generations. And Jesus doesn't really condemn that. He comes back and he says something different. He says that, you know, the issue here is that what you're doing, Pharisees, is that you're really getting on a stationary bike. Now, I know they didn't have stationary bikes, but he's, he's giving them this, this kind of example. He's going to tell them this, that what you're doing is you're, you're basically looking at the lack of results of what you're asking people to do, to come back to God, to be holy before God, to be right with God, and you're not seeing results. And that what you're doing is you're jumping on something like a stationary bike, pedaling it harder with more intensity and expecting that to get you somewhere. And Jesus says, that's not how people change. This is what he says. He says that you and I need to understand that there's a reality of helping people come back to God and helping them change. And that is you and I need to change first. In order to help people change and come home to God, you and I need to be willing and ready to change first, even if it's uncomfortable. In other words, if we're going to be a friend of sinners, we need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Look at what he says about the nature of change in verse 34. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. And in those days, they will fast. <laughs> what Jesus is saying here is that when it's wedding time, that's the party. The bride and the groom are there and everybody's celebrating the bride and groom. But when the bride and groom get in the limo and drive away, that's really the end of the party. People may stick around and socialize for a little bit, but when they leave, the party's over. And so what happens is that the event of the wedding has changed. You may enjoy the party, but now the party's over because the guests of honor are gone. It's just the, the culture of that event has changed because the, the main couple has left. And that's true about all of culture. One of my... Uh, 
mentors and good friends. Uh, Dr. Kent Edwards always says that culture is not a pond, it's a river. It's not stagnant, it's always moving. And here's the thing about us as people. When we get something that we like, we want everyone to like that, and we want everyone to like that for as long as humanly possible. Jesus says it this way. He told them this parable in verse 36. No one tears out a piece of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins, and no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new. For they say the old is better. Isn't that true of us? We discover something that we like. We discover a method that we like. And we want everyone to like that for all of time and all of eternity. And that includes matters of faith. One of the things that happens to churches is that they develop a, a fortress mentality because they say, this is what we like. If you're going to come to us, if you're going to come to God and find God through us, through our meetings, through our events, through our experiences, through our outreaches, then you have to like what we're doing. We want faith to be comfortable for us. We want to do the things that we believe make our faith better. And we will always try to find the things that make us comfortable in the way that we live out our faith. And Jesus says, if you're going to be a friend of sinners, if you want to have an impact to help people move closer to God, closer to home, then what you need to do is make faith comfortable for others, even if it's uncomfortable to you and me. That's what change requires of us. A cloth that would be sewed onto an old garment has to be, if it wasn't pre-washed, the next time it would be washed, it would shrink and it would pull away and it would create another hole. If you put new wine in an old wine skin, then the new wine would continue to ferment. The gases would continue to develop. And of course, the, the old wine skins, all wine skins really were kind of made up of goat hide. And eventually, as it loses its elasticity, then it can't be stretched anymore. But the wine is still expanding. It's still fermenting. And then it explodes and you lose the whole crop. No, what you needed to do was make sure that you put new wine into new wine skins. And that's called contextualization. Contextualization is something that very early on in global missions, we had to learn how to do. And churches in North America and Christians in North America need to learn the same lesson that missionaries and international workers have done as they have moved into other cultures that we also need to be continually contextualizing and not demanding that the people around us who are far from God become like us in order to grow close to God. We need to be the ones to change 
first. We need to be ready to change first. And that means that we have to adopt the philosophy that without pain, there's no gain. And we need to be ready to pay that price. We want other people to change simply because that's easier on us. It's easier to yell at someone and to say, do better, be better. But to help them change, that might mean that you and I need to change first. Isn't that what Jesus did with his entire life and ministry here on earth? The Apostle Paul would write the church in Philippi and tell them that you should be like Jesus, humbly considering consider other people as better than yourselves because Jesus had this attitude of serving of sacrifice who being in very nature God he was God's son God in the flesh fully God in every way and never considered equality with God something to be grasped he never had to reach out and attain it because he already had it he was God He was the son of God, the fullness of God in every way. And he gave all of that fullness up to become like a servant, to become the son of man who sacrificed his life, who became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus was willing to change, to be uncomfortable so that you and I could gain the ultimate comfort. And if we're going to be friends of sinners then we need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's not glamorous. Sometimes it leads to wounds. It leads to just raw feelings and spots like when I learned to play guitar. But that sacrifice is always worth it. And it doesn't always get a lot of press It doesn't always get a lot of respect except from those who know what you've done, like God. In sports, um, people celebrate the home run more than they celebrate the bunt. They celebrate the slam dunk more than they celebrate the pass that set it up. They celebrate the touchdown pass or run or throw more than they celebrate the block that someone made in order to make that play, that touchdown happen. But those blocks, those passes, those bunts have to happen if we're going to win. If we're going to be friends of sinners, then you and I need to lead the way in changing. As culture is always changing, culture is always moving. That means that we move with it. It doesn't mean we indulge in sin. It just means that we move where people are before we demand that they come to us. If we're going to be a friend of sinners, we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Here's some questions for you as we wrap up today that you can discuss with your family and friends. You can journal a little bit this week and you can be uh, sure that you'll be discussing them in your growth group. Here they are. What are some ways that Christians can help those who are far from God be comfortable in their company? And question two, what are some ways that Christians can help those who are far from God be comfortable 
when issues of faith are being discussed. Let's pray together. Jesus, we want the world to change, and it is much, much easier for us to just yell, hey, you need to change, rather than going and meeting people where they are and being maybe a little uncomfortable. But sacrificing those things that we want in order to give them what they need is something that Jesus did, something that Jesus did so well, and he modeled it for us to continue as his church, as a church who wants to be a friend of sinners. And so I pray, God, that you would help us to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, that you would help us to be friends of sinners that make faith comfortable for others, even if it's uncomfortable for us because we want them to come home to you. Would you help us to do that in Jesus' name? Amen.